You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. All right. We are back with the making of a marketer. I'm Andy Pondilla, Jess Nickerson, and joined by a special guest today, Diana Luos. She's part of our MAP team, a senior measurement and analytics partner at LinkedIn. And as we've been previewing, Jess, we're talking about measurement today. As we are talking about measuring your success, you do everything right you get to the end of the funnel, you get those conversions. How are you measuring success for your company? So we're real excited to have Diana on today. Thank you. Very excited to join you guys. So Diana, you know, we aren't going to like argue last click attribution too much today, but we we definitely have to bring it up. Um, First off, looking just for, you know, brief introduction, you know, what do you do at LinkedIn? You know, what have you been working on? Like, what's the the big thing in measurement right now? Kind of like, just give us your spill as to, you know, what you've been working on. Yeah, for sure. Happy to. Um, so my team here at LinkedIn, we're called the Measurement Analytics Partner Team. Um, you know, we, we uh, sit with a larger organization called Customer Science, um, and we are cross-functional. Uh, we, we know we, we work with sales and customers cross-functionally. Um, and we provide, you know, consultation and our measurement expertise to our LMS customers. Um, and in addition to that, we also work across several internal teams like products and partnerships to help advertisers enable better measurement on LinkedIn. Um, so a few really cool things we have brewing right now is, you know, we have a bunch of measurement betas in market Um Right now with our customers, very excited. You know, that's been a big priority for the business. So we're working with a lot of customers on getting a lot of the measurement betas um, in in play. And I'm probably going to talk a little bit more about that later. So I'll kind of save it for now. Very, very exciting. And Jess, I know that, you know, when you hear beta, you're always excited to try something new. You know, Jess is one of my favorite people because she is all about trying new and just going for it. Much like this podcast, just like we just said, let's just pop it up one day and see what happens. So that's exciting to hear. Yes, we we can attest that the, the MAP team is truly the great Oz within our customer science organization. And when it comes to testing, and iterating and A-B testing, et cetera. I mean, this is the team. So Jess, let's talk about that for a second before we even dive into measurement. Like we keep hearing testing, 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 like what we always talk about. I, I think even five years from now, we'll still be saying the same thing. And I think there is a power just kind of reinforcing that all the time. But when we talk about testing, and, you know, potential budgets being froze, shrunk, whatever that may be, is it still possible as a marketer to test when you feel a little bit more limited in 2023? I 
absolutely think testing is essential, no matter what is happening in the environment. I mean, because how are you going to be able to iterate? How are you going to be able to move forward without taking these uh, tests and, and just just getting out there. Like I, we've talked about this before, but if you wait until something is perfect, then you're never going to launch. You're never going to get it out there and you're never going to innovate. So you, you make it work regardless of what is happening. Testing is such a key part of any marketer's strategy. You know what I used to test when I just put stuff out there is we got the flip cameras when we tested video for the first time and I filmed some Blair Witch Project um, expeditions. I think one time on this podcast, I should put my first social media videos from 2010 on here. I will love to see that, Andy. <laughs> and we did like a, you know, person on the street doing like random interviews and, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And the camera the whole time is like doing this. So Probably a little pixelated as well. <laughs> oh, yes. Like they said those cameras were 720 HD, but they definitely usually weren't. So, um, but th that's an another day, another time. But for today, again, we're talking measurement with Diana, who's an expert in this field and it really fits into our theme um, with what we're doing at LinkedIn right now. So um, In Shape, a big 2023 initiative where we're trying to really get back to some of the basics within LinkedIn, but also I would say around digital marketing and what are those components that can make our team successful. So measurement, obviously a really big one, and that's why Diana is here today. So let's kick off some questions. And if you do have any questions yourself, be sure to ask them in the comment section and we'll try to get to those as well. So I want to start us off, Diane. I'm going to I want to put a heavy one on here. So online, offline, assisted conversions. Um, we hear this a lot in conferences. So there's always a section where there's someone talking about APIs, conversions, changes. Um, how can we easily digest where measurement is headed? And do you see these trends? Um, how do you how do you see these trends as it relates to conversion tracking? For sure. Great question. So take us, I'll take a step back. So when people typically when customers typically come to us and ask about ad measurement, the most common question we get is how do you prove return on ad spend, ROAS, um, for marketing activity on LinkedIn. And, you know, that's not a very easy solve because what truly comes down to is data, um, which also has its own set of complexity, especially in this landscape. You know, we have data privacy, there's new ways of ad, uh, tracking your ads, and then there's a whole spiel of stitching multiple data sets together. And, you know, with walled gardens, it's even harder. Um, so it's very complex to even solve for, you know, just measuring return on ROAS because of data. Um, at LinkedIn, you know, measurement has become one of the major priorities um, in this business. You know, we're investing in so many solutions to improve conversion tracking, signals, and optimizations. So foundationally, what we have is conversion tracking through insight tags. So you know, with the with cookie list with the cookie list future um, coming, you know, we've been uh, in improving our insight tag, um, switching from image pixel to JavaScript tag, so that we're collecting first party instead of third party, so it'll be able to be tracked when 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 we move into um, that cookie list future. But then also we have offline conversions, which is a way to you know ingest 
your offline touch points, um, anything that happens in the sales funnel or after the lead, um, that's a way to also, you know, send those signals back to LinkedIn and improve on your campaigns. But then also on top of that, you know, LinkedIn is also proactively finding ways to increase um, conversion tracking signals. Um, and this is where I speak a little bit more about the betas that are coming our way. Um, so there's Conversions API, which is in beta right now. Um, you know, that in, in what that means is um, it's a server to server API solution. Um, where, you know, advertisers can send their conversion data, whether it's online or offline, to LinkedIn um, directly. And that will also be a way in the future to improve optimizations. This also is really helpful for advertisers that are very sensitive to having tags on their site. Um, that's very understandable. You know, you know, there, there's there's a lot of privacy uh, issues in the way. So, you know, conversions API is one way to solve that. And then we also have website actions, which is also another way to help improve tracking. Um, so we're doing a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, conversion tracking signals um, solutions underway with LinkedIn um, this year. So very excited um, to kind of share that out with you all. So I've got one question to carry off of that before we move on to the next yeah. one with Jess. Um, something I did, and this was a little bit in the iOS 14 rabbit hole, which we won't go down because that's a whole other podcast for another day, is Diana, one thing I made a big change on because of the third-party data is when I was working at agency, I started really telling our partners to utilize retargeting, such off videos, engagement, stuff that is more first party to the individual platform and almost get away from website retargeting. Not to say we didn't do it, but try to like really emphasize what we can do within the platform in order to kind of, you know, skirt by some of those third party, you know, issues we are running into. into. Do you think I was right or wrong for doing that um or, or do you think that you know with some of these new modifications such as you're talking about with cappy that mm -hmm. maybe utilizing you know going to the website and retargeting off of it now will become a little bit easier yeah i mean in the future you know um retargeting is a big thing especially because you know back then it used to rely a lot on third-party tracking um but you know with retargeting we have um we have, you know, functionalities now um, that's in beta with website actions that can help you retarget off of certain actions taking place on site. So let's say you go onto your advertiser's site, you want, you're probably going through, you know, a few tabs, reading through um, some white pages, maybe some thought leadership on the site. And, you know, when 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 it comes to those different stages, those are important pieces because that those are better, higher intent signals to tell you, hey, this person is actually very interest interested in your, you know, product offerings, and you know, having more tailored retargeting off of certain actions might, you know, uh, result in better, you know, outcomes because then you can tailor your messaging to, you know, whoever is, you know, closer to converting than someone who's just simply going onto your site, you know? So there are, you know, retargeting off of, you know, certain actions are even more, you know, sophisticated and personalized. So I think that's also a better experience for the end user. I, I have another follow-up question to yeah. this because conversion tracking is such a hot topic 
And, you know, we talk about it a lot. And, and so this may be naive, but I, I say this from a place of curiosity. If the customer or the marketer is not using conversion tracking, how are they measuring? How do they determine what is their most valuable KPIs? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, If they're not tracking, they're only be they're probably only able to see, you know, users who come from, you know, LinkedIn, that's it. But maybe they won't be able to see, you know, where the journey were they, you know, audiences, uh, the demographics of the people that are visiting their site that are coming from LinkedIn. Um, there's a lot of insights that, you know, you won't be able to gather without, you know, tracking your your site uh, through insight tag. Or actually for any tags, if you don't have uh, tagging in place, it's really hard to get more insights to help optimizations. So conversion tracking, just conversion start tracking there. Let's, I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it, may, it just makes me very curious why they're, why not everyone, why every marketer does not have conversion tracking in place. I will kick it off to our next one. This comes from my agency side right here, Diana. Like th- this is like the, the cat and mouse game Jess and I play every week is our, <laughs> our different sides of marketing in our past. So um, a big thing, of course, is last click attribution. So this very, very much is a big thing in agency world because if you get a certain CPL, that could unlock some sort of bonus. It could be a KPI. You could lose the bonus. You know, there's a number of things that could happen. So as a practitioner, you are you may know that you need to like have better measurement, but on the micro, you know, just to be like how I'd say real transparent in the agency world is like, they know what the macro is, but the micro is what gets them paid or what moves them into a director role, whether it's for their company or at another company. So last click attribution to me takes a big role because it's just such, it's held so highly as a KPI. So when you work with an agency or just any type of partner, Diana, that is very married to last click attribution, how do we get decision makers to change their their viewpoint you know, on a platform like LinkedIn, which has a lot more advanced measurement that goes beyond the CPL? Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I also came from the agency side too. And, you know, last click is, it's, you know, it's the default for many, um, you know, for, for on ad servers, on, on um, any campaign manager platform, last click is always like the default option. However, you know, we can agree that consumers don't, become customers right away after seeing just one ad, right? You know, you can see an ad on TV, then you could read a thought leadership article on LinkedIn, see another ad on Facebook, and then maybe search uh, the company on Google, and then you can submit a lead form or purchase, right? Unfortunately, if it was in the last click model, all of that will skew towards the last, um, the last channel, which in my example was search. Um, but we know the reality is that the combination, the, the that conversion is a combination of efforts of advertising across all the different channels. And the question is, how do you properly attribute it? And so, uh, customers, um, I feel like advertisers, you know, when they hear about multi-touch attribution or media mix modeling, the uh, it sounds a little scary. But that's kind of, you know, the two ways to really measure cross-channel effectiveness 
um, and it gives more credit across all the different touch points uh, in a user's journey. And so we actually conducted a, a MTA uh, a research with our third-party partner, Newstar, last year, and one of the biggest learnings was that last touch attribution understates the uh, contribution across all channels um, and leads to obscure ROI calculations. And what do I mean by that? For LinkedIn specifically, we saw 40% fewer conversions attributed to LinkedIn. Um, so, you know, we know that we play in this, we, we know we, we we definitely have a role in a user's journey, but it may not be the last click. It may not be the first one either. It's always in the middle. And those in the middle are always the ones that don't get the credit. And so advertisers, you know, should start investing in more advanced cross-channel measurement. There's several different partnerships out there. There's Newstar, Nielsen, analytics partners. I can keep going on. There's a lot of different partners out there that does MTA and MMM. Um, and, and even if it's not partnerships, you know, if they have an advanced analytics team, they can also do this in-house with an um, in-house or with their agency. Um, but you know, all of this is just way, uh, steps to in, um, steps in the right direction, moving away from last click. This makes me think of basketball. Every time we talk about last click attribution, I always think about basketball and how when you're on a team, you you're not just relying solely on the person that makes the the layup or like scores the point it's like exactly. you may be doing five passes yep. before you get to that or someone's dribbling the ball and you know the the, the forward is throwing like across the court yeah. so i well yeah, you know this is a great so this is a great, <laughs> great nerdy <sports> conversation <laughs> no, jesse brings up it actually reminds me of baseball so like i mm -hmm. am a big baseball nerd i actually used to have a baseball podcast that's where it started <laughs> for me but uh i like to dive like deep into like the analytics of it so like when i played I was notori notorious for being good at getting runs batted in or RBI for any of the baseball fans out there. So somebody would bat before me, hit a double, maybe hit a triple, get the third base. And I was really good at being able to hit a grounder to shortstop and get the runner home. So I got credit for driving the runner in, yet I didn't do a lot of the hard work. So there would be these players like in the 80s and 90s that would get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars because they could drive runners in, yet the analytics showed that the people that batted before them actually should have been valued higher because without them, they would have never driven the runs in. So I think about that sometimes with digital marketing and how kind of new aged analytics have helped, you know, teams make more savvy decisions and, and companies make more savvy decisions. I love that analogy, by the way. I mean, attribution for baseball, <laughs> that's <Yes>. needed. <laughs> now, so that feeds right into the next one I had on here about attribution. So I think a lot of, you know, when I think of agency technique, I was B2C marketing long before I was B2B. So, you know, this is just like three or four years ago, you know, I worked in the tourism, you know, industry and I could run an ad on Facebook and it's B2C e-commerce. That's the big thing, obviously, with Meta. 
Um, and I could tell you in three days if this $40 product or $30 product was going to work or not. Like if it flatlined in three days of doing e-commerce, it's like we're in trouble. If it did really good, I knew to double down on my budget and just go for it. Where obviously B2B, completely different measure, much longer cycle, larger products, you know, multiple buying teams. There's a lot of different signals we look for. So there's probably listeners out there that have done on both, or there's some that have come from B to C to B to B. And I think the first time you do B to B, you're jolted a little bit because you're like, when are the signals supposed to come in that this is working? Do you have any advice for kind of like you go B to C to B to B? Like what signals should somebody be looking for? Great question. So uh, when it comes to B2B, um, you are right. The sales cycles are longer. Look back windows are longer. Um, my recommendation when it comes to B2B is always, you know, making sure that, you know, you're aligning to your uh, aligning to the long sales cycle. When it, when it comes to evaluating, you know, ROAS of, of your marketing efforts, um, there always needs to be some marketing to sales alignment just to ensure that all the marketing efforts are being pushed through, are qualified, are, are you're meeting the right audiences, um, pushing them through the sales funnel. You know, they should be more qualified than anything. Um, so be, when it comes to B2B, yeah, there's there, there's a lot, it gets a little bit more complex because there's so many more touch points in the sales funnel. You know, you got your MQLs, your SQLs, your opportunities. Then you got like your uh, your your uh, larger decision maker groups that has to make these decisions. So this can, you know, a typical B2B sales cycle can go all the way up to six months um, before they close a the deal. When switching over to B2C, you know, the fundamentals of measurement still applies um, in my opinion. You know, B2C, B2B, you still got your brands. You still got your brand campaigns that um, that 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 you need to uh, that that you that is most necessary. Um, and and for B two B and B two C marketers, you know, brand studies are the way to go to measure brand. Um, and then again, back to conversion tracking. You know, online offline conversion tracking is still necessary for both um, the B two B and B two C space. Um, so, you know, when it comes to measurement, the fundamentals are still very, very similar. It's just different, you know, in terms of the marketing strategy is much different in terms of the audiences and the messaging and nurture journeys, but the fundamentals of measurement is still very much there. Manny, you would have um, laughed at my first versions of uh, conversion tracking. So when I started <laughs> doing event marketing and organic social media, yeah. Um, they're like, well, how can we track, you know, if this worked or not? And I said, was the restaurant full or not? And they said it was full the day <laughs> we did the event. I was like, we did good. But we've come a long way since then. <laughs> so moving down the list here, what would you say when it comes to measurement on LinkedIn? We've already kind of touched on this. This might be a little bit of a repeat question. Is that what really makes LinkedIn unique with measurement? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn's uniquely positioned to be that place to uh, for B two B marketing. Uh, I mean, we have uh, you know we have a lot of measurement solutions that really help with B two B uh, measurement. Um, 
uh, along with like what I've already mentioned before with like all of uh, our conversion tracking capabilities. Um, you know, LinkedIn also has this revenue attribution report that's in beta, which, you know, allows marketing to, uh, which really helps you measure, you know, marketing sales efforts. It's, it's basically the full B2B full funnel um, attribution uh, uh tool. Um, and it allows you to, you know, sync, you know, your marketing activities, but then also syncs your CRM data, all of the data that you get from, from your Salesforce, um, all of that can be synced um, all, all together. And then it's in the dashboard that allows you to see, okay, um, you know, all my B2B efforts, this is all the opportunities, the average deal size, the wins, um, that came from marketing. Um, and so this also helps with a lot of B2B marketers um, when it comes to reporting back to their stakeholders on, you know, how how much revenue did they bring in from marketing? You know, so that's one of the most unique um, solutions we have that's really tailored um, for the B2B space. But that being said, you know, LinkedIn is still a great platform for B2C because at the end of the day, these members are um, consumers, at, you know, and we have a huge insights team that are able to provide more advanced analytics and behavioral platform trends across audiences and industries. So we have a ton of resources available when it relates to measurement and insights here at LinkedIn. See, to me, that is also the sizzle. Like when we're thinking not only of just it being unique, but the sizzle component is what we see with many brands and organizations is a real disconnect between sales and marketing. So amping up that collaboration and really getting these two teams on the same page and aligning is so key in the strategy and in, to incur like positive business outcomes. Like if you want to grow revenue, then marketing and sales need to collaborate. They need to be aligned. Yep. You need to be aligned on messaging. You need to be aligned on just like the tactics. You know, all, all of that really matters. It, interestingly enough, we have um, one of our, like one of the uh, reports that we can get from Insights is the sales and marketing alignment report. And it really highlights, you know, um, the efforts that you have from marketing and then those efforts you see from the leads you see from, um, from, from sales what does that demographics look like? Where are those gaps? You know, if lead, if the if the sales, um, if, if sales is driving a lot more, you know, um, leads from you know business development or human resources, but marketing is you know driving a lot uh, is reaching people from other industry, uh, other uh, like you know um, other roles, like if they're doing IT or or something else, you know, that's the biggest gap. And so identifying all of that, you know, can help bridge, um, uh, marketing and sales better and also help, you know, improve audience targeting on the marketing side and just, you know, better, better drive, um, you know, leads and, and, and opportunities at the end of the day. And I and I really think these conversations right now are more important than ever because we see a lot of you know companies who are now adjusting their budget, changing campaigns, maybe doing a turn off, turn on. You know, it, it feels convoluted, but I think these are the absolute best times to make huge plays. Mm -hmm. um, what I like to do, if possible, and there's going to be an account executive that's going to slap my wrist for this potentially, um, <laughs> is get everybody in the room for a larger launch. So get head of sales, head of marketing, mm -hmm. 
talk to your LinkedIn account executive if you have one assigned. And even if it takes three hours, hopefully not, but if it does, take that time to talk about what an MQL is to you, what an SQL is to you, what an opportunity is to you, because it is not the same from company to company. And then once we identify what all those are, you know, someone like Diana, you're poised to like really help on some of the solutions too, on, on how we're measuring, like what to look for. What are those measurable points? Are they demos, webinars? Should they only be demos? Should they be a combination? Are they weighted differently? Like all these things come into play. And, you know, I've literally, as a practitioner, depending on how SQLs are labeled, have looked really good for certain companies and looked really bad for other companies solely because what they're calling an SQL. So, you know, like for instance, for like one, um, it was literally if somebody became a MQL and a sales rep had any touch point with them at all, even if they called on the phone and said, we're not sure about this product, they labeled it LinkedIn SQL. I've had others that if they didn't get to a conversation about how much the package deal is, you know, like it's a, we're going to use a $100,000 enterprise product, like that kind of signified SQL because they talked about money, but it's just like a very manual thing. And when you talk about measurement, you know, that manual input helps measurement once you get that output. For sure, for sure. Definitely when talking about, you know, the, the the different stages in the sales funnel, aligning with the definitions of how a lead gets qualified from marketing to sales, very important. Mm -hmm. and, and there's obviously, you know, if you're real, you know, Salesforce savvy, CRM savvy, I am not. Um, but I'm learning. Uh, but if you're real savvy, there are some more automated tools that do this. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, when you hear this, it's not everybody on pen and paper doing this, but there still is a lot of that, you know, and I don't know if there's like a full right or wrong way to do it, but I think we're all kind of learning as a team what, you know, how much manual input, how much automated input is needed. So basically, Andy and Diana, what you're saying is in order to increase understanding, increase collaboration, increase alignment, you need to get the sales team and your marketing team into the same room, and you need to talk about cookies. So this is not a, we don't talk about cookies environment. We're going to yes. talk about the cookies. I have personally just held up campaigns because of this, and I've had some disgruntled people because I would not launch a marketing campaign. I said, until sales is in the room and we know what we're doing, I will not launch the campaign. And sometimes, you know, stick to your guns. That's my advice to everyone out there. There, you know, it sounds very negative when I say this, but there's a way you can do this and it's not a very negative thing. Like you just, you know, very much, you know, but sales and marketing need to align. We need to have this conversation. I'm ready to launch, but I need to be sure what we're doing. Can we get this time on your calendar? Yeah. And also aligning on KPIs, how both of the teams will measure it. All of that's very important. Also timing of when to report out to stakeholders, also very important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot that needs to be uh, done from a marketing and sales alignment perspective. And my personal favorite one, because I'm guilty of doing this, is 
when you do have a client that says, we need leads, we need leads, we need leads, I hit the go button and get them thousands of leads. And then a month later, a salesperson says, we don't have time to individually reach out to all of them. So <laughs> your email marketing now becomes a big place. There are drip campaigns, there are things in there. So, but I think, I, what I think is some of the biggest hindrance in the marketing world right now is being stuck to KPIs. And um, I think they just need to be more vague, in my opinion. If that was just Andy's, you know, unaffiliated opinion, is how do we make this work in a sales world too? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm with you on that. And also, uh, even when it comes to, you know, marketers being held to lead quotas, I mean, while they have to meet the number, I think like the most important, most valuable quota to keep uh, to keep held to is actually marketing qualified leads because anyone can send traffic and leads to and, and, and meet their quota, but then all that all of those leads could be very bad leads. So, you know, that might be a way that will be a waste of marketing dollars, to be honest, if they are held to just leads, you know, uh, but maybe marketing qualified leads will be another and more accurate measure of, you know, someone's success with their campaigns. And for all the marketers out there, <laughs> look at your leads. Like, assuming you have access and, you know, the, the abilities to look at your leads that are coming in on regardless of what platform it is, every week someone's done it, just look at your leads. <laughs> like, you, like, even if you don't have you know, Salesforce ranking them or something like that. You can tell because you built the campaign, you know the persona, you know the audience you should be going after. Just look at your leads. It'll save you a lot of headache down the road if you identify if they're good or bad. So last question um, I have for you, Diana. So your journey into measurement. So yeah. let's say there's someone right now that's sitting in college and this is something they're really interested in doing for their careers. You know, they want to take on the analytical side of digital media. Um, they're ready to take that next step forward. Can you kind of speak to your journey, how you ended up in measurement and kind of just what advice would you give to somebody looking to get into this field? Yeah, I love career conversations. So yes, um, my journey really started si uh, six years ago, seven years ago, I think at this point. <laughs> uh, I lost track of time. Um, but I started my career on the media agency side, um, doing analytics and insights for a tech customer. And a lot of the work that I did, you know, I, 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 I really had to learn how to do Excel really well, learn SQL over time, um, and just understanding marketing analytics and campaign optimizations was a very key thing in my role. But then on top of that, it's like beyond just optimizing and reporting, there were a lot of other really interesting things that I've, I've, I've done in the media agency space, which was, you know, research um, across brand studies, um, then there's cross-channel measurement with attribution, all of that I learned on the media side, uh, media agency side, um, that when I, when I made a switch over to LinkedIn as a media, uh, as a measurement analytics partner, um, over the last two and a half years, it was a very unique time to be in this field because the industry has been evolving, um, you know, when I was in the agency side, everything was third-party tags, but now we have to learn 
all about privacy and what it would impact, um, like what would the implications be for the future of data and tracking and all of that. All of that really ties all together, which was really fascinating when I, um, you know, started here. Here and then on top of that, you know, there's TV in in this landscape that's really um, it's, it's tapping into a new space where you know moving towards CT connected TV. That's a huge thing that started. Um, that, that's 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 a huge thing that really started popping up um, in over the last couple of years. And so measurement is so crucial when it comes to just all across media. Um, so for anyone who is, you know, starting off in their career, trying to figure out, you know, how do you get into this? You know, I, I really started off by learning a lot more about marketing analytics. What those KPIs mean? How do they get calculated? How do you actually understand it from, um, from like uh, the perspective of, you know, a consumer, but also as an advertiser, just like, okay, what does a click-through rate mean? Okay, it's just someone who clicks through a site after they saw an ad, but how do you really draw more value? It's like, okay, did they go visit? How many pages did they see? Like, are they converting? Like, after the fact, like, all of that kind of ties into, you know, tracking and all of those marketing analytics, um, you know, uh, uh, videos. Uh, like, I, I did a bunch of marketing analytics uh, curriculums, like, the Facebook blueprint one, the Google Analytics, um, you know, uh, curriculum. I've I've done all I've done it all, and you know, it all comes down to how do you track, you know, your campaigns and and kind of understand these metrics. And those are the fundamentals. And then once you take those fundamentals, it's like reading up on the industry, like what's changing, um, you know, how what does that what what do those changes um, imply for you know future of advertising, and then. Yeah, I mean that that those were kind of the steps I took and I kind of landed here and I'm really grateful because you know it's a very interesting space to be in right now. I think that's wonderful, Diana. And you hit on something that you know I love is just reading up and learning. Like, you know, I think Jess, you and I, like we handle different verticals, but I know if both of us, just from even like a creative perspective, if we're not constantly learning, like there's somebody else who is, is going to be five steps ahead of us. And that's what I would say to young people is that, you know, if you aren't learning, adapting, even outside of your schoolwork, because there's a lot of social media, you know, either degrees, certifications, whatever it may be, but always keep learning from different places, different platforms, you know, because the competition, there's people out there, we're all, we're all trying to learn. And I think kind of craft it to your own style too. You know, I, Diane, I really like that you come here and, you know, you're very analytical, but you also have your own flair to it too. And what (laughs) you think is, you know, going, going to work. And and I think that's really important. Yeah. You're, you're demystifying (laughs) measurement for sure. And I love to what, what what I take away from your perspective is again this this need for understanding and and going back to Andy's point around learning like uh, to to learn is to understand and I, I love that uh, you are so <laughs> so in, invested in in this space and uh, you know what what's what's ahead. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So keep on learning, keep on reading. There's a lot out there now. <laughs> well, it has been an absolute joy having you, Diana, and we'll definitely 
when measurement comes up, we'll definitely have you again. If there's like an iOS 28 um, issue that happens with privacy, we'll have you back to like talk all about it. Uh, but uh, podcast news and notes suggest um, before we leave, we got to make the big announcement. We got the podcast up on Spotify right now. So um, if you don't want to watch us all the time on LinkedIn Live, um, you can want to listen to us on your phone, in your car. Um, we are working on getting up in other places right now, so be patient with us. But um, Spotify is up a lot along with um, a group of miscellaneous just podcast networks, trying to get on as many as we can. Jess, you're working on some new creatives, and I am working on intro music and an introduction for us. So we are getting more official by the week now. Super exciting. Thank you for having me. It's been a it's been amazing. It's been a pleasure. Most definitely. Thank you, Diana. And thank you, Jess. We will be back again next week. Look for us on The Making of a Marketer every Thursday. Bye. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.